0: right to podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H and we have a full house of our regulars again.
1: <laughs> That's right. Ryan Quintel, you can call me Q and I'm back in the saddle, back in the saddle. I will talk about this that, um, hopefully is not too uncomfortable to talk about, but <laughs> you know, over the past week and, and I thank you so much, Ryan, you know, I mean, you've, you're not mm-hmm. just, a a podcasting partner, you're a friend and you you bought me some time and flexibilities. So I was flying back and forth to Massachusetts, we um, lost a loved one in our family. It's so interesting to me that we have so many game franchises and so many even epic storytelling things like your uncharteds and your last of us, but I don't feel as though I, at least I know of a game or I've played a game that feels like it represents Almost the mundanity of, uh, if I can use that term, of Mm -hmm. somebody passing away, you know, there is, it can be very quiet and it's, you know, you're around people and people talk to each other and there's sometimes this feeling of no one quite knows what to do or what to say, except, you know, we're all kind of feeling for each other together. Yeah, it was kind of, um, it was an interesting experience, especially a week where I really also kind of unplugged. Uh, from, uh, much technology.
0: Yeah. You know, not to, um, I guess not to bring kind of a a frivolous perspective to this conversation. Obviously it's a very important (laughs) subject and something that (laughs) has the impact. It's not
1: frivolous,
0: (laughs) but I've been, uh, I've been watching the Sopranos over the past week or two. It's always interesting when somebody in that show dies, usually in unsavory ways, (laughs) Like the kind of the difference in the impact that it makes on the people who are like a part of that kind of mobster life and who kind of grow to expect it and see it happening around them all the time Mm -hmm. versus the, you know, civilian family members who, you know, you really remember like each person, like even the real, you know, piece of garbage characters who, you know, you as an audience member are just kind of waiting, like, you know, the other shoe's going to drop at some point. He's been barking right. up the wrong tree for a long time now. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it does a good job of like grounding each of their lives in, you know, the actual kind of like familial connections that they've made and yeah. the people around them that actually care about them. And it doesn't let anyone just kind of be, just kind of be a throwaway character at that point. Uh, you know, it, every every death has uh, a lot of weight. Um Yeah. And, and you know, like, I think, video games have tried to do things like that. Like last of us two obviously had, you know, characters calling out others by name during um, those kind of large gunfight sections and trying to bring a little bit more individuality that way. But uh, yeah, other than like story moments, you know, things that are kind of built around, you know, to the moon and stuff like that. Like, I don't really, I, yeah, I haven't really seen the, like the impact of death, like trillion kind of fully explored
1: yeah because it's um it, it in, in naughty dog is i think example number one of this of like as impactful as you want to make something you're like well in order to keep a game fun or keep the player in a flow state i actually do need them to murder like 300 people over the course <laughs> of you know 30 hours or something like that and then you know i i It's not that it's just desensitizing, but it, it, by nature, these people kind of just have to be, you know, AI targets. I think that's kind of why I still to this day, um, like playing even shooters in a, in a single player capacity, just because I, the, the thrill of I'm besting another person has never been a part of it for me. And it's always been Mm -hmm. like, can I beat the machine? And in games like, I think, Doom, the modern Dooms, and the, I mean, and the classic Dooms, but like Doom itself is like a great example of, hey, we're going to throw this kind of combat, but also a puzzle because of the way you understand the enemy interactions. Yeah, don't like if you're going <laughs> to attempt to say something about death in a video game, then maybe, you know, you, you that doesn't uh, by its very nature square with a and you're going to kill a ton of people. <laughs>
0: It would be interesting if there was a Grand Theft Auto game, and maybe we're veering into the pitch territory a little bit early here, but if there was a Grand Theft Auto game in which you really had to, like, there was real accountability for the crimes that you committed. Oh my God, a funeral for every person that you you would. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, the police departments launched active investigations and you had to either cover it up or go on the lam somewhere and lay low for a while, or, you know, I... I'd imagine like they don't do that because the game would be effectively over very quickly. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, as soon as you, you, kind you become of steer the zodiac a sidewalk,
1: about ten people in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh I mean it would be uh would be a very different perspective.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so let's uh, let's get
0: into the pitches that we actually prepared for the day. Mm. Um I guess I'll go first today. What I, I this will kind of lighten the mood, I think, but uh when I was younger, I used to have a game on PlayStation that I played quite a bit and I've never been that into sports, but uh, for some reason when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11, like I, you know, kind of got interested in sports style games. So I had like NFL game day 98 on PlayStation and, uh, and the, the one that kind of inspired today's pitch, which is triple play 2000 on the PlayStation. It's a American baseball game Let's say American, like. I, there aren't different <laughs> variants of baseball well it's the world series the world, as far so, as I know. Uh,
1: it's the world baseball yeah. game
0: <laughs> yeah uh triple play 2000 had a secret cheat team like that you would enter a cheat code to you know back when we could do this kind of thing you entered a cheat code and you got to play as this team full of like like absurdly overpowered characters but each character was different in some way they weren't just all kind of like maxed out stats like they were they each had their own separate gimmick and part of the fun of playing with them is learning what that gimmick was and there was a certain kind of amusement in seeing it all it all go down Uh, and basically like they would have you know if if all of the stats were like a one to ten gradient then these would have been they would have like one particular stat that is like cranked up to a hundred like way beyond what a human would be able to oh, do wow. or they had some sort of a special modifier that only applied to them as a player. So for instance, there were, uh, there were two players in the team that had some sort of like a, like their, their texture was some sort of like a metallic sheen. Uh, but whenever they would throw the ball, it was like a cannon launching it off. Like they would throw it at like crazy high speeds. There was a player who had a, like a gigantic baseball bat, When he stepped up to the plate, like it was like twice the size of him and he would be just kind of a standard, regular, everyday hitter. But if you were to bunt the ball, then you would get like an automatic home run.
1: Oh, (laughs) Um, it would just
0: go like flying. Uh, My favorite was a character who whenever like he put a ball into motion, whether it's him hitting it or him in the field throwing it to somebody else like whoever is on the receiving end of a ball in motion would fall over and lose the ball and so it was like they were getting hit and uh it was very funny because like you know he would hit it out into the field and a fielder would look like they're lined up for the catch and then right when they would catch it they would fall over and drop it and it wouldn't count as like an out and then somebody else would rush over to try to pick it up for them because yeah, the other person was on the ground trying to get themselves up because the ball was still kind of rolling with that momentum they would like trip over it essentially and it got to be this whole kind of like three stooges routine eventually the ball would kind of lose its momentum and somebody in the field would be able to pick it up and then they would throw it into I'm seeing you know, third this. base and they would <laughs> they would fall over it was it's very funny.
1: I'm looking at a character that also looks like they have a f- a flesh head helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: sounds familiar. Yeah. But they all had these like weird gimmicks that would make them kind of like a an artifact of discovery for every character that is on the team. Uh, and I really enjoyed uh, playing with that team. Like it, w- it wouldn't ever be a fair game, but it was just just fun. Uh, so anyways, what I want to do is have a, uh, a a game where you manage and play a league of baseball that is all kind of superhuman characters, each with these kind of wild, over-the-top, you know, things that kind of make them individually special. But it's all just like, it's all just beyond superhuman in a way. So I'm going to start the clock there.
1: I I really like this idea because I feel like, I don't know, in the... I, Somewhere in the last generation of consoles, maybe even at the beginning of the PS4, Xbox One era, it seems like the industry just almost entirely moved away from completely whack job sports games. And, you know, it was all very, like, self-serious Sims for the hardcore people that buy it every year or um, something like that. and. So, so the idea of not only being able to have fun with some character models, I know that we recently got entries in, what was it? Mutant football or monster Mm -hmm. football league. So football has kind of gone back to this a little bit, but baseball, which I apologize for baseball fans to me is an incredibly boring sport, (laughs) um, really could use some of this pizzazz, I think. And I look at what was it super giant who made pyre uh yeah i i look at what pyre did for kind of this basketball style game and if there's something to be done in the baseball realm yeah definitely different definitely different characters you can you know you can finally get crazy and creative and put the all the arenas on different planets i know we could we could mess with gravity and stuff too.
0: Yeah, you know, I think baseball translates to video games better than a lot of sports do. It's kind of a series of like different types of tasks that you're performing. Hitting the ball is a kind of test of timing and maybe even of aim. I haven't played a lot of recent baseball games, so I don't know where those mechanics have evolved to since Triple Play 2000. But, (laughs) uh, you know, pitching is a kind of uh, psychological rock, paper, scissors type of task that is also... You know, trying to outsmart and uh, out outdo your opponent on the timing mini game that they're playing. Right, and then once the ball is in play, you know it becomes a like a very easy to follow spatial task of players moving around the diamond. It's very easy to indicate where you want your player to throw the ball at any time, and you have to use your judgment for, you know, trying to get the maximum number of outs on any any play as opposed to like basketball games or football games or anything like that where players are in motion. And so there, I mean, players are in motion in baseball, but everything is very orderly. Whereas in, in those types of games, like it's, it, you lose the formation pretty early on, you know, things kind of become a little bit more chaotic, a little bit less readable, which is exciting for those types of games. You know, obviously video games are about responding to unpredictability, but there's a certain kind of like orderliness of baseball that I think makes it really easy to follow. And, uh, you know, video games by nature kind of get rid of a lot of the things that make real life baseball kind of frustrating, which is like the slow, <laughs> right. skips skip, 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 from play to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I was just thinking about this and one of the things I would love to play with a little bit potentially in our supernatural baseball uh game is the idea of like a multiplayer baseball game right like in real baseball every batter's different the pitchers are different and so i'm i'm wondering if you did it instead of um trying to have an entire baseball team worth of people if you kept it to you know five or six people just whatever needs to be on the field let's say there's no substitutions you get rid of the concept of injuries and all that sort of you know tired arms and all that kind of stuff like literally you are pitching against five or six different people <laughs> and and one of the things that i've always wanted to to recreate or see re, be recreated is you know EA games and i think MLB the show they have the concept of you switching to a character and deciding to go for a steal or something but because it's all you you were in complete synced communication Um, right? So there's none of that actual baseball, like someone goes to steal a base Mm -hmm. and everybody has to kind of react to it, including maybe the batter or whatever. I kind of like the idea of, of shrinking the team size, getting rid of some of that cruft, but also maybe go a little RPG with this. Can we not just, not the sim version of the RPG, but maybe in the outfield and stuff, you do have special abilities that you can trigger for like super jumps or different things that might make you like magnetically suck the ball into your glove and that sort of thing. And if everybody on your team is really firing in all cylinders it maybe it might have a little bit of the emergent rocket league style, real time collaboration communication within a team.
0: I don't know if there's ever been a game that i not like a massively multiplayer, but like where, where, you know, a good number of players are actually playing the parts of individual players on the team, like everyone in the field. I guess that'd be kind of boring because the team that's batting most players would just be sitting in the dugout the whole time. Right. (laughs) Uh, I don't think that would really be a valuable add to something like this uh, for as difficult as it would be to coordinate that many players playing together. But, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you know, just trying to add different elements to this game. Uh, You could have combat types of elements while players are kind of running between the bases maybe there's uh you could set up combat obstacles or you know a first baseman can can run out with a sword they have to have a battle and <laughs> I don't know I, I I'm I'm kind of I don't know ways to make this interesting cuz I feel like if if players are superhuman and playing on the equivalent of like the normal course then everything would either be like a home run or automatic out And I don't really know how to like incorporate superhuman elements and still have like a competitive in-between
1: space. I'm wondering if in terms of that coordination or be able to sync um, with each other, because one one of the things that makes, I feel like, tilt sports games into being a little bit digestible and easier is that I, because I can't control everyone, right? And it might be two people playing a total of like, whatever, 24 people the ball gets hit, I hit switch character and I'm switching to the character who's already on their way to the ball, right? Like very clear and easy. What if we, <laughs> here's a tilt, a potential tilt. What if you made baseball an individual sport and it is always kind of, oh yeah, the batter versus everyone. And now you could do a multiplayer game where literally every person in the outfield, every person on the bases is their own person. Everyone gets a. A chance at bat, you know, maybe. Oh, okay. However many times it sounds like you had a different idea though, so maybe don't let me take that momentum away.
0: I was, uh, I was thinking based on what you said that it would be essentially like a one-on-one team. So one player would have to be the batter and try to make their way around the bases. The other player would essentially be like every pitcher and outfield position all rolled into one. But I don't really know how that would work because like throwing is such an important part of, you know, if you. If the super speed pitcher rushes to the outfield to grab the ball, he has nobody infield to throw it to. So I don't know if that would end up working. But yeah, this this other idea where essentially everybody is their own team and they all kind of cycle through, you know, kind of individual competitions along the way is interesting.
1: Yeah, I just, I'm trying to create the, that sort of feeling of baseball of like, there's the batter who's trying to get a home run and then Everybody else that's on that field is basically against that person. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea of. I mean, it's kind of the way it is, though, right? Yeah, I guess so. But with without the kind of coordination, like I, I'm, I'm trying to. I guess in this model, you would need to be able to reward a particular individual for making an outfield play like that's a way to score points as well, as well as like throwing a strike as a way to score points. And so everybody, everybody in and of themselves are, are kind of creeping up the score leaderboards as they perform each of the maybe random or maybe, you know, assigned and cycled individual tasks.
0: I think the, the difficulty with that is that I think there are, there are positions in baseball that get a lot less action than anywhere else. And the player who's kind of assigned to be, you know, right field or whatever, is not going to have the same kind of scoring opportunity as somebody in a more kind of advantageous position would be for getting those quick outs. What um, if we thing cycle that, like, you to
1: every position? What if we have you start off as like the batter, but then you're playing first base, then right outfield, second base, mid outfield, third base, left outfield, and and you're at, and and then pitcher. And then we have, we actually score you and how you did in each one of your positions. So yes, you might be in a slow position one, one time, but you know, if you're able to make a big play in that position, you still have a good chance.
0: Yeah, that could be doable. Anyways, I, we are out of time on that one. Unfortunately, I feel like we haven't quite cracked the egg just yet, but, uh, we, we do have to kind of behold to our, uh, 10 minute timeline. So let's. Let's wrap that one. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe we'll come back to it at some this point. One back, but let's yeah. give it a name. How about uh, "Bases Loaded"?
1: <laughs> There's no
0: way that's not taken, right? I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I've seen a game called "Bases Loaded."
1: That might be going back to like Super Nintendo era. I feel like "Super Bases Loaded" is the thing. Oh, you know what? There is a. There's
0: a 1987 NES and Game Boy game. <laughs>
1: <But> I don't <laughs> I think, think anyone gonna...
0: will be uh getting confused. <laughs>
1: Bases loaded parentheses 2021.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's uh that's funny. All right. Uh well, let's let's go with that and let's go over to your pitch. What are you bringing us today?
1: Uh also in the vein of being lighthearted and maybe um it plays off of what you were pitching. Uh... <laughs> yes, let's make a play together. Um the So I was playing uh, Mario 3D World recently, and I've played New Super Mario Bros. U, Switch, Deluxe, Anniversary, Mm -hmm. whatever, Luigi thing. It seems to me that Nintendo continues this strategy with the Mario games of, sure, we'll let you do multiplayer, but it, it does not feel, to me, anything other than like... Almost like a hack week project or a hack day project where someone's like, hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. I, You can just put however many characters in this world you want and they kind of bump into each other. It's a bit of a mess. And so I was thinking about could we design a true co-op platformer if we want to put it in the Mario universe? Fine. But, you know, where a number of players can get together, they're all trying to cooperatively finish a level together. And maybe we give them the power of transformation. So maybe any player can at, not only just jump and, you know, run and use maybe a power, but you could transform into, say, a platform or transform into a creature that can be ridden. Uh, <laughs> and so you can kind of become a platform, become a Yoshi, if you will, at the, at the touch of a button. But the idea is, can, uh, can all of you get to the finish line together, less bumping into each other, more actually helping each other through the level. All right, starting the clock.
0: So helping each other through the level. I, you know, I, I feel like Mario games are kind of built around the single player challenge of, you know, creating these kind of difficult obstacle courses. I, I agree that the multiplier implementation has never felt great in yeah. that, uh, you know, you're not only is the physics system kind of like, obviously it's it's pretty frustrating Uh, when you're playing with other players. You're all doing essentially what needs to be done because Mario games are designed so tightly anyways. You know, they aren't like Sonic games where there are kind of multiple routes through any level and, you know, you could end up kind of finding yourself... Like it, It feels like... Some Mario jumps are so tight that yeah. you end up bumping into each other and it's like, well, where else was where was, was I supposed to go? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, they had that I, I to the if, pixel.
0: Yeah. I wonder if uh instead of being super cooperative, and we can we can certainly cycle back to that, if these games were if like the multiplayer was a like a competitive system of like you are trying to actively ruin each other's day and only the one who gets to the end, like there's you know, a element of that in the Mario games where the winner gets a crown, usually the one who gets like the most points within a level. But, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like Mario games kind of disincentivize you from being like actively hostile to the other players because like everyone kind of takes away from like the singular life counter. And when you get to the bottom of that, then you have a game over and you have to start this stage over again. And so, you know, you don't you like you want everyone to succeed. I wonder if there's a certain joy in deliberately sabotaging the, uh, your friends.
1: Yeah, I definitely, and I love that idea as a, there's two ways to play this game. You can almost like toggle, I want to compete or I want to cooperate, mm uh, in a way I, what I, what I would like to, maybe this is part of this or maybe it isn't, but I love the idea of even in the Mario multiplayer universe like you hit a fire flower box and two people get fire flowers or whatever i'm wondering if there isn't like if there is not power-ups within the world and you actually separated out mario's spate of powers to individual characters right so now no longer just as the jump in mario differentiating the characters but really rather the entire like hey listen this character has the fire flower power this character can you know use the uh can become a statue or something and become a platform in a way if you can kind of almost develop like a class-based platformer if that makes any sense
0: yeah there was a game that came out a few years back probably 2017 somewhere around there called oh gosh i don't remember now i'll have to look it up uh Yes, it is called Unruly Heroes. It is a game based on the Journey to the West, um, you know, kind of Chinese mythology story that is a four-player side-on platformer made by an indie studio that is comprised of a lot of people who worked on the Rayman games before that. And so, you know, it carries forward that Rayman legend style. I didn't care for the game that much, but it did have, you know, each character of the four kind of... Main characters in the game had different abilities that you needed to, you know, you needed their individual abilities to surpass certain obstacles. In single player, you would be able to kind of actively switch between them, but I believe you could also play multiplayer and each player would have to be kind of reactive to their own, um, to the obstacles that, you know, they need to cover. Uh, kind of like the Lego games in that way, mm. where, you know, there are different characters with the different aptitudes. I don't know, like, what else it really kind of brought to the genre beyond that, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you could have kind of like four main characters, four archetypes that players could inhabit, or like, I would love to find something that's a little bit more freeform. You know, I love in uh, Bowser's Fury recently, you had kind of an array of of power ups that you could use at your disposal, basically at any time because you would you would get a storehouse of them pretty quickly maybe even if there's a kind of, if there are fusion abilities between characters. Uh, so thinking about like Kirby 64 and the crystal shards, how, you know, Kirby could absorb two different types of powers and get like a combination power. If a compatible pair was absorbed, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, if players have different types of power ups and they can fuse together or create some sort of like a hybrid effect, uh, that would, uh,
1: Help them kind of pass certain obstacles as well. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I think the maybe this is what makes your your twist of making it more about destroying others like go platformer royale on it. The thing that we didn't get with Mario ninety nine was ninety nine Mario's <laughs> parachute into one one right or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder if there there is a but of course, I, I I would have to imagine you'd have to scale down player count because, you know, even 50 characters all shooting fire flowers that could kill any character would be like it would turn it into some kind of bullet hell game. What do you think about the idea of if we don't use necessarily the whole uh, a whole Mario power suite, but really just focus on characters can transform into platforms or transform into vehicle esque Things I I think back to like one of the things that I think is an interesting utility from the Mario multiplayer verse is the pick a character up and hold them as you kind of attempt a jump, and that maybe is that. That's the I guess their solve for how they (laughs) you're supposed to complete these pixel perfect jumps, but it doesn't work with more than two people. So what do you? Is there? I mean, I you would have to design in some ways parts of the level that are almost undesigned. They're like really freeform, big gaps, and the enemies are floating. There's no platforms to be had. Two players are going to have to coordinate with each other how they're going to mix and match going between characters and platforms together. You almost need to give your character like a second jump after they turn into a platform and try and transform back or something.
0: You know, there's a mechanic in uh, Dragon Ball Fighters the Dragon Ball uh, fighting game that um, in which like, it's, it's kind of like a, a rush attack where anywhere that you are in the field, you can like press a button and your character will like zoom to the enemy and then start like a auto combo. Like You could do something like that here where, you know, character can automatically like rush, you know, via the air to an, uh, to a, another player, and then can get like a additional jump off of their head, kind of like a Yoshi jump. So it kind of allows clever pairs who are working together to essentially kind of chain together what could be unlimited jumps into the air. But you're always kind of like, you're always pushing downwards on somebody else whenever you jump on their heads. And so, you know, there's a certain kind of like, you don't want to overdo it and you don't want to push somebody else into danger necessarily, but you can use them almost as like a teleport function to get to wherever else they are and, and use that to kind of create clever chains through difficult levels.
1: What if we also added as a layer, the concept of sort of inheriting and infusing power? So you can't, you know, uh, launch, um, you know, launch your, your projectile until you then defeat an enemy. And it's kind of like, okay, by defeating enemies, I'm building my attack ammo, if you will. And I can't turn into a platform until like I can't turn into a platform twice in a row until I've jumped off of an enemy or touched a physical platform. And so now you're trying to you're trying to kind of like make sure that you've always got the power in the tank for each other And I even love the idea of, like, (laughs) if you're a platform, if the other player jumps and lands on you, that kind of grants you a jump out of transforming from a platform. So you have to be used as a platform to be able to then chain your jumps together.
0: Let's uh, let's wrap that one, and let's come up with a name for
1: it. Something that feels... It's almost like... I'm thinking about the force, like this power that... (laughs) Connects everything in the universe. Let's
0: see. So platform and transform both have form in them, but I don't know how to link those words together. Transplatform, platformational.
1: Platformation? Platformation. Is that I mean
0: it's kind of a fun word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me see if there's any kind of interesting synonyms for transform that we could leverage. Convert, transfigure, transmute, transpose. Modify, alter. Finally, a new altered beast. Oh, this is interesting. Re-engineer or revamp. That's got kind of a ramp sound to it as well. Revamp would be
0: a good name for the game if all the characters were like vampires, which could be a fun (laughs) twist to throw in everything. Yeah, okay, you can become a bat, like a bat that flies in place. (laughs) That's pretty good. I I like this as like an aesthetic theme. (laughs) That's a, yeah, sometimes the titles can be helpful. Revamp, I like it. Let's uh let's go over to our community and see what y'all have in store for us
1: today. This is from the subreddit Game Ideas, posted by user. uh, Man, I I hate to to try and pronounce these things. Cornislet, uh, C O R N I S L E T. This pitch is battle royale in the sky. So this has our battle royale start with players on platforms who are launched into the stratosphere. Uh, All the players are equipped with parachutes and all sorts of air accoutrements, weapons. Uh, There are floating platforms with loot in the sky. And uh, of course, the ground is off limits. It's lava, it's shark water, it's something. Um, And the last player in the air wins. All right, starting the clock. I'm kind
0: of envisioning this as like a doodle jump type of game. You know, remember
1: that game? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, where you're always jump. kind
0: of like ascending higher and higher, trying to kind of bounce off of platforms and stuff like that. But maybe with like a competitive element, is
1: that what you're picturing in your mind? Or are you starting somewhere else? No, I think that's cool. Actually, I kind of where, where that takes me is... There is that one minigame in in Fall Guys. I'm sure you know it. It's kind of a the last one usually in a set of rounds where there's a series of kind of tiers and the ground is kind of collapsing on each one, mm-hmm. and players are you know increasingly in tougher platforming situations as they fall, fall, fall. I wonder if you know as all players are kind of bouncing up and up, Doodle Jump style, if there isn't like a central collapsing ring where you can go and try your hand at going and picking up a weapon or, um, a piece of armor or something.
0: Okay. So there's a kind of a central, central hub where maybe battles can take place where, you know, it's a very competitive space. There are desirable things there, but you only have, you know, the, the water is always rising, the shark water. I like the way they put that, um, always rising. And so you're, Incentivized to kind of keep moving to keep climbing maybe maybe it's kind of a uh, i don't know if I want this to be like a jumping base game or a climbing base game. Think about something like uh grow home or grow up as well where you know it, the climbing feels very manual and you have to find your way around these kind of tricky climbing courses. you know I also have uh recently gone back to mount your friend's three d which is a terrific multiplayer game, kind of a climbing competition where player climbs on top of a goat, which is essentially the starting point <laughs> and becomes kind of frozen in place. And the next player has to kind of climb on top of them. And then once they you know, reach the top of the pile, they become kind of statuesque frozen in place as well. And um, you have to kind of keep climbing higher and higher until it's no longer feasible to do within the time limit that you're given. So you know, I think like manual climbing has kind of a frantic energy to it as well. If if multiple players were doing it at the same time, I can see a lot of uh, a lot of possibility for sabotage and stuff like that. And then maybe it could get into once once players spend more time kind of on this central platform, they can gain power ups like jetpacks or bounce shoes or whatever. And you know, as the as the um, game goes on, more and more of the remaining players will have these power-ups, and kind of necessarily the game style will change along with it. As people are now, now the only viable competitors are the ones that are having these kind of mid-air jetpack fights.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You slowly become a, a Mandalorian, if you will. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I think would be a fun like addition is as you, like the first few tiers as you're bouncing on, I don't know, clouds or whatever, we're we're in this kind of fictional universe maybe where that's the physics, that the first one starts, the first uh, few start off as very sort of grounded actual pieces of land or what have you. But as the tower itself, you get higher and higher in the tiers, it starts to become made of a rickety material and so you know you have like a oh okay we're you know we're 5 jumps in this is instead of the map closing in right you have sorts of platforms that hey after if 10 people assemble on this it will collapse and so you oh yeah so now you're like okay if you can be nine people on there you can sustain and people can get their items and stuff and even duke it out on the platform but All it takes is one additional person to jump in, ruin the party and collapse the platform and put everybody's life at risk.
0: Although, you know, I don't want to, because that sounds like, that sounds like that would be the most like dangerous, uh, hmm. I do like the risk reward, but if that is the primary way that players are eliminated, then I have a feeling the players that would end up winning would be the ones who just kind of play it safe and don't engage with those extra mechanics. And don't heighten the stakes of the game, anyways. Like I don't want all the best players or the players who are willing to take the risks to always be the ones who are getting, you know, dunked because there are too many on a platform. I don't know. It just feels like it's just a little bit too much out of their control.
1: I see what you're saying. Well, I if we if we give people a fair warning that things are collapsing or that too many people have reached a particular I mean, if the level, water
0: level is constantly rising, then there is that kind of inbuilt timing or countdown timer
1: oh yeah okay that works i'm thinking about was doodle jump had the mechanic of you can kind of only bounce on a a cloud once or a platform once there are certain disappearing platforms yeah i wonder if that's something that we bring over to just that idea of like you can't just hang out outside of the central rings and uh like you said, play it safe. Like I mean, maybe if it's just reasonably easy for the platforms to be something where they can actually be destroyed by people with weapons or something.
0: So maybe everyone starts off by kind of climbing a series of vines that kind of wrap aimlessly around the course and you can kind of jump between vines to try to find the most effective way to the top. And then as you gain these power-ups by taking risks and going into the central space where players can shoot at each other or, you know, a certain amount of like putting your, taking your life into your own hands and being farther away from the, from these kind of ways upwards on the outside of this kind of concentric ring. As you gain more of those power-ups, one of the first power-ups you come across is like a type of shoe that lets you interact with clouds Um, Kind of like Mario, when he gets his cloud power up, he can stand on clouds now, whereas he would just fall through them before. And then that allows you to jump from cloud to cloud, allowing you to ascend higher and faster. And as maybe the top 10% of players uh, ascend faster, the water level rises faster as well. And so it, it means that people who haven't been spending time gathering those power-ups are going to have a really hard time keeping up and keeping above the water. Uh, I mean, they still could if they're skilled enough climbers up to a certain point, but you know, as the course gets faster and faster in an auto-scroller kind of way, but in a way that's defined by the progress that the people in the front are making.
1: That's interesting. Do you think that there's one last, like, how do we make this feel distinctly different from a Fortnite. Like, do you think instead of the ring becoming really small or, you know, the way that uh sometimes Fortnite ends with people with these kind of massive structures, is there a maybe the very last mechanic to ensure that that there's no more uh ascending and bouncing is literally people people launching off of pads and having jet packs with just limited fuel. And yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: Is that like every, you know, once you get the jetpacks all kind of powered up, like towards the, like the very, very end game when it becomes really competitive, you're kind of flying past like four or five floors of this structure at a time. You know, you're just really zooming past the water level is rising pretty quickly as well. But eventually you're going to need fuel. You're trying to kind of like juke your opponent in a little bit into, you know, maybe they stop for fuel and then you, you, you dart ahead so that you can get a, you can have more time to refuel on a higher platform without them interfering, or maybe, maybe you stop for fuel, but you mistime it and the water level is going to catch up to you. You know, I think (laughs) it becomes really kind of quick and and frantic and hectic towards the end.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I know we're, we're about at time on this, but I just as a, a, either as a separate mode or the icing on the cake, give me a, the last platform, uh, just get inside of a Crimson Skies uh, High Road to Revenge airship and start duking it out in actual air combat.
0: That's fun. Well, let's let's call that one
1: and let's give it a name. Uh, the, the idea, I'm sure there must be a game, but I'm thinking about like Air Superiority or something like that. Air
0: Superiority feels a little... Uh little sterile doesn't yeah. have like you know like games like fall guys this type of game always have like some sort of a name that's fun
1: to say um i love the term jet pack i wonder if there's like jet packs and black black uh, yeah, something <laughs> is let me see if this is a word actually <laughs> i've got an alternative to if you you're not good. i like the up. word
0: uh clamber which essentially means to kind of frantically climb um, to climber up something you, you could, you could be like climber clamber, but it's a little redundant in its meaning, but it's kind of fun as
1: well. I started to go in the direction of referring to the jet pack as a rocket. That's you can, you can strap <laughs> yourself to and literally calling the game rockets and rockets. That's kind of fun. It's like, uh,
0: makes me think of rocket arena. Which it never ended up taking off, but yeah, rockets and rockets. There's also a game called the Rockets, Rockets, Rockets. Oh <laughs> <So>. no!
1: <laughs> oh man, Clamber the prequel. I mean, you <laughs> Call could
0: <it> ice climbers.
1: <laughs> uh, that that would be the most playwright title. I think you found it. <laughs> and the ice climbers have gone dormant outside of that amiibo.
0: Yeah, that's right. They've, uh, they've not had an original entry in uh, in years. It's I think they've only been in. One game of their own, other than Smash Bros, which is—I'm sure there've been cameos in in the Game and Watch collections on Game Boy, a Game Boy Advance or something. Uh, okay, let's let's wrap that one. Let's let's call it nice climbers and and call it good there. Uh, who submitted that one
1: again? That is from Reddit user Corn Islet. C o r n i s l e t. Thank you very much, Corn Islet, for setting
0: that one in. And if you would like to send something directly to us, you can do so by going to playwrightcast at gmail.com, go to playwrightcast.com slash pitch, or you can tweet us at playwrightcast, and we encourage everyone to do so. We don't have that many episodes in the regular run of the show left, so get your ideas in before it's too late and
1: have them discussed on the show. Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World! off the album Blue Noise. And when you're listening to things, a great place to get other awesome episodes of video game podcasts is the Cane and Rinse podcast network from CaneandRinse.com. Go listen to... How many times can I say Kane and Rince in this? Go listen to Kane and Rince, The Sausage Factory, and Sound of Play.
0: To take us out of the show, we have a redacted game, as we usually do. Uh, but this time I wanted to do something a little bit special, since we are recording this shortly after the show that uh that you had to miss cue. Um I'll be challenging you with the same game as oh. I challenged our guest with last time around. And we'll see how much better or worse you do. And and maybe it's less fun for the audience because they already know the answer. Maybe it's more fun seeing how the discovery process changes along the way. But anyways, the redacted pitch for this week is Players are put at the heart of their very own redacted movie and let loose in a fully redacted, three-dimensional redacted with a cast of hundreds, 50 plus redacted, ranging from redacted to ice redacted, and form redacted, oh sorry, and from redacted to redacted. Three hours of redacted, including redacted, a
1: huge array of redacted, ready weapons. Huge cast, tons of weapons. Three hours is interesting. I wonder if that's (laughs) cutscenes. Do you remember how at one point video games were marketing like how many minutes of cutscenes they had?
0: And uh, and then Metal Gear Solid 4 just kind of changed (laughs) the script so much. It's like, we (laughs) promise we only have 30 minutes total. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I still feel like many games still um, infringe upon that. But uh, Okay, okay. my first guess is going to be, is this Borderlands 2? This is not Borderlands 2. What kind
0: of additional information would you like?
1: I would love to hear the accolades or the, the uh, you know, list of whatever top X, Y, Z games.
0: This is um, the number two best PlayStation 2 game of its year. Oh. Number three most discussed PlayStation 2 game of its year. Number one most shared PlayStation 2 game of its year. And uh, I guess just for transparency, its score is tied with the top. So for all intents and purposes,
1: it is the it's the best PlayStation 2 game of its year. So there's a big cast. I guess I do have to understand if the cast is if, if they're talking about it because they're playable or not, because I don't feel like there's was...
0: hundreds, 50 plus redacted, ranging from redacted to ice redacted and from redacted to redacted that doesn't help very much i'm sure
1: <laughs> ice why the hell <laughs> why the hell would they mention ice i'm trying to think of games that are really big in scope is this um i feel like it might be It can't be a fighting game hundreds is way 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 too many i don't there's no fighting game with that many characters or maybe there is but i don't know what it is is this star wars battlefront 2 not star wars battlefront 2 when they start talking about cast I, my mind starts going into licensed game territories so one more time through the description and i'll
0: players are put at the heart of the very own redacted movie and let loose in a fully redacted three-dimensional redacted with a cast of hundreds 50 plus redacted ranging from redacted to ice redacted And from redacted to redacted, three hours of redacted, including redacted, and a huge array of redacted-ready weapons.
1: Something ready weapons. Okay. So here are the three options that are kind of knocking around my brain. I feel strongly, I think they were pretty revered at the time, the EA Lord of the Rings games of this era. Okay. I'm also thinking about... I feel like EA was the one that was, like, dabbling some of the most into this, like, there's casting and there's actors in this uh, sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. The Medal of Honor, like, that was a very kind of cinematic shooter of its day. Mm -hmm. And then for Ice, then for Ice, that takes me into, like, potentially a, I don't know, a superhero-like direction or something like that. But this was kind of before Marvel became the modern version of marvel so but i'm thinking about like you know spider-man or something would have access to a lot of different Mm -hmm. things and i think spider-man games were pretty pretty decent at the time but the ice is really throwing me (laughs) i'll also i guess how about you can give it another
0: guess and then i'll give you a big hint that i think will probably unlock things for you you could use a fourth guess if you need to
1: okay well i'm my my next guess is going to be I would have to imagine either the first or second, I'm guessing the second, Lord of the Rings uh, EA game, The Two Towers.
0: Okay, it's not a Lord of the Rings game, unfortunately. Ah, oh, damn it. But I'll, I'll give you an extra round on this one and let you know that it has a metascore of 97.
1: Bull, that's a big hint.
0: Um, Use big a score hint. of 8.4, but think of like the number of games that have ever received a 97 before.
1: Yeah, that's pretty wild that now i feel like i'm looking at a a, a grand theft auto sort of thing uh, is it is this san andreas uh
0: not san andreas but i'll <laughs> read the description and we can kind of it's see vice how city close is you got a
1: vice city son of a bitch, bitch. it's not vice city <laughs> oh, unfortunately no.
0: here, here let me just uh before we dig ourselves too deep into this yeah. players are put in the heart of their very own gangster movie and let loose oh! in a fully... Re- realized three-dimensional city with a cast of hundreds 50 plus vehicles ranging from sports cars to ice cream trucks and from boats to buses three hours of music including opera reggae house drum and bass pop and disco and a huge array of street ready weapons grand theft auto (laughs) 3 my god it is tied with tony hawk's pro skater 3 and halo combat evolved as the best games of that year 2001
1: that was the gta 3 was the beginning of what we really know as the unstoppable behemoth that is grand theft auto yep yep at least modern grand theft auto yeah
0: anyways (laughs) good one there i like that we got a a large array of guesses along the way and the spider-man one wasn't a bad pick either you know spider-man had uh games with large casts, even all the way back on the PlayStation 1. So I could definitely see something like that fitting in. But uh, yeah, anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. Please do join us again next week, and please do submit some video game ideas. We'd love to hear from the community again sometime soon. I will have my revenge.
1: (laughs) Bye.